again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 134 of the Sports Podcast. Tim and Anthony with you as we get into this week. YSU had their second week of football. Uh, the Indians spring training games has begun today. I believe it was a 5-1 victory over the Reds. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cavaliers are on a three-game win streak. How about that? We haven't mentioned them in a while. No, after and, that uh, 10 or 11-game losing streak, they kind of yeah. torpedoed. <laughs> well, it's the NBA. We don't pay that much attention to it. No, we don't. <laughs> you know, it all depends on where Le- LeBron James is playing <laughs> that we, we, we really pay attention. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hey, good news. Excellent news to pass along. Up the Reds. They came away with a 2 nil win today. There you uh, go. Get back on track. Hopefully uh, make a run to the top four. They can stay in the uh, the Champions League next season. Uh, they have a game this Thursday afternoon in the st- uh, States time, 3-15. So should be a, another uh, opportunity. I believe it's, it's a uh, European Championship game. So we'll uh, pay attention to that uh, this Thursday. And once again, my amazing magpies. Five and oh. Watch out. They're on fire right now. Defeated Melbourne yesterday. Melbourne went down to defeat big time. Yeah, a wonderful game. And uh, Chloe Malloy is a machine down there. She is, scores goals left and right. If the if the uh, YSU Penguins need a new kicker in the future, go, get, go, kick, go get this young lady down there. Uh, I know it's punting, but you know what? I imagine she can do it no matter what. So the last uh, the Australian punter we have uh, didn't work out too well yesterday. So no, uh, he had a, he had a tough day. Very tough day. Yeah, yeah, he had a, too many uh, rugby style short kicks. Yeah, uh, he had a couple nice ones and then a couple really bad ones. What can you do? Hey, we punted well uh, yesterday. Yeah, hey, we we got that part of the special team down. Oh, we're we're going to continue to work on that. We one. kicked off really well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All two of them. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, hopefully you uh, downloaded our Ice Castle report. Uh, this came out on Sunday night. And if you haven't, please. Uh, it has, breaks down that game completely. We can make fun of it now because, you know, we're past our grievances. Yeah. And we moved on to the next uh, game against Southern Illinois on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go, go to church, you know, say your <laughs> blessings, all your prayers during Lent, whatever you may be I might be have to go to Mass Friday night. Exactly. Is there, a, is there a Friday night Mass anywhere? You know, there's daily Mass somewhere everywhere, right? I might have to go. I might have to take a vacation day. Maybe you'll see Doug Phillips in the aisle, <laughs> in the pew somewhere, because he needs to pray. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what can we do? I love my hey, penguins, but they're hey. not looking good. At least our Penguin basketball teams are uh, into the second round of the Horizon League basketball tournaments. Uh, yes. Men play Oakland and the women play Milwaukee. I believe so, yes. Milwaukee. After a uh, – I'll tell you what, the women can't play any worse than they won. So you survive in advance and get ready to play in March, and it's all you know, matters. They've had a weird season. You feel bad with for everything them, that they've had to yeah. de- deal with to get the W in the end and move on to the next round is all that matters. You know, Injuries build and COVID, on. and they exactly. haven't caught a break all year. I tell you what, for the last four years, that program hasn't caught a break. If they could, I, I was talking to somebody about this at work. 
if that team could just stay healthy mm-hmm. for one year, boy, they could be really good. I tell you, they're snake bitten in a lot of ways. Let's hope that, uh, yeah, you know, that's all behind them as they, uh, maybe they could be the mm-hmm. surprise team in the Horizon League tournament. And uh, let's hope we'll, so. We'll, we'll just root them on, hope for the best, as, uh, you know, give them all the support we can. And, and the men's team, men's team yeah. seems to be turning a corner defensively after just, a, I mean, they completely just locked down UIC on was that Thursday? I can't remember what day. What I watched yeah. it, and I was, I mean, they really just clamped down UIC and did not let those shooters get get any good looks off at all. Yeah, I thought they played pretty well. I mean, once they uh, the ball movement sometimes frustrates me. Yeah, they they seem to be stagnant at times. Uh, they get trapped in the corner, which blows my mind away. But they made threes out of the corner, so yeah, no, you you're going to take the shot. You know the offense is yeah. designed. All offenses are designed to work around the arc. It's just when they get trapped in the corner, that doesn't happen. You really have to just really not pay attention to where you're on, not not know where the next pass needs to be, or how to drive to the baseline at times. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I'm. It, it's just you know tick for tack. Look, look, yeah. You know, they, they've done the things they necessary. Naz Bohammon has just been phenomenal every chance he gets. Uh, love to see him hit a little bit, maybe get lucky and hit a few at the line a little bit more mm-hmm. often. The whole team uh, this time of the year. If you raise your three throw percentage 10 or 15 points this time of the year, huge difference in ball games. If you uh, if you can get to the line, that makes, oh, my God, those are three points. If, they, you, if instead of hitting sixty percent, you can hit seventy percent this time of the year. Huge difference in ball games. They're, uh, you know, the more you watch them, and you would think both Hannon and Quisenberry are their keys, and I don't see that anymore because at this point, Bohannon's going to get his. I mean, he may start out slow, but he's going to get his. Quisenberry, while he's not scoring, is going to run that team calm, steady on both ends of the floor. If Akuche yes. and Covington play well like they did against UIC, that team's going to win. Yeah. I mean, those are the two most important players. They're, they're, the progress is there. And hopefully, you know, like I said, every time, just get me in the tournament. Give me an opportunity to succeed and surprise a few people. And anything is possible. And that's I'll tell where you they're what. At. Going to Oakland's always a difficult place to play. Especially for them. Yeah, and they always, you know, there's it's like the football team going to Northern Iowa. Northern, yeah, you're right. You know, they're very similar scenarios. Uh, it's a difficult place to win, but it's not impossible. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens this week. But I'm, uh, you know, I'm optimistic. I'm, I am too. It's a we're a win away from Indy. Yeah, let's all you can ask for is get yourself an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, and. That program again is headed in the right direction, and I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I know there's going to be turnover every year, but there always is. And uh, but you should have some some really good players still returning, and the recruiting class looks to be interesting to say the least and good. Hopefully, they can get some size to go with it as time goes by. And you know this this program has a chance to do what it's never done before. And this well, season's not that, over. This season's not over, so I'm not giving up the dream until no, the dream the, dies. The thing that is intriguing to me is they're 7-1 with Quisenberry back. Really should be 8-0, just a bad second half, but you came back the next day. 
But you can see in spurts, he's starting to get his jumper back. And you and I saw firsthand last year, Tim, against Wright State. If he sees one or two go through from outside, he can light you up for 30 or 40. And he can keep that going, not 40 points a game, but 15, 20, 25 on a three-game stretch. I mean – if he gets hot for a three-game stretch, then they can win the whole thing. Will they? I don't know. But if he gets hot for a three-game stretch, they got as good a shot as anybody. That's exactly it. I mean, you take it one game at a time. The most important game is is in Oakland this week, and then we go from there. You know, you've got to defeat Oakland to have any yep. chance to play any further. So uh, the most important game of the year is Oakland, and hopefully – They'll be ready to play. They they have the talent to win the game. They yep. have the coaching staff that I believe in. Uh, and, you know, it's just a matter of having things kind of get catching a break. One or two Go times. their way. Yeah. Yeah, you're every, exactly every right. Every team needs a break. Not really happened up there. Every team needs a little break. You know, I watched uh, Liverpool this afternoon, and they caught a break. And it was mm-hmm. it was it was a beautiful uh, goal. But uh, when – when Bobby hit it, it hit, the, hit his uh, defender's toe and it bounced up over the head of the uh, goal. You know, and you the goalkeeper. You your own luck by effort you do. and consistent execution. Yep. Exactly. Yep. You put yourself in position to have good things to happen. And you need that. And, and I don't care who you are. Sometimes You're exactly you, right. You, uh, it doesn't matter who you are in sport. The ball bouncing your way is never a bad thing. No. Sometimes it's a flag. Sometimes it's a whistle, you know, and, and you're the benefit of a bad call. That's part of sports. I don't want, I yep. don't like it when it goes against you. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be a blind eye when it goes for me, when, when you speak about it, but that's mm-hmm. part of the game. And every that's game part of has sports, it. Yeah. yeah. Every game has it. And you'll never ever walk away from that element of, uh, and you know, you never hope uh, that, becomes the story of the game where it's a bad call a bad play or official mm-hmm. gets too involved in the game and makes bad decisions that costs a team a chance to win. However, you know, again, it's human nature. It's going to happen. Uh, and no one, no one, no one likes to be on the, uh, on the wrong end. When well, those the, good things news, happens. the good news, Tim, is uh, Jim Brickman and Andrew Hernandez are not walking through the door anytime soon. So I think yeah. we're good there. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta love this. I was, well, I had it on Twitter. I should have, I don't know if I retweeted it or not. I hope I did. Mm-hmm. There was uh, Angel Hernandez behind the plate today. Yes. And he, he threw a perfect, talking about it. They threw a perfect strike and he just got up and I'm like, well, and, and, and the, the, the announcer, I don't know who it was, was right on cue saying, well, Angel, Angel Hernandez is right in midseason form. And I started laughing so hard. And it's sad that everybody yeah, knows. It's sad that Major yeah. League Baseball puts up with this. Yes. Because we know exactly how right. bad he is. And, and and I know you have to protect officials. And I'm not saying you don't. And, or umpires, whatever sport we're talking about. Because they are under a microscope. However, but, however. Tim, he's got when you grade a player, against the when league. Grade, yeah. When you grade someone out this bad. It's known across the board. You have to make sure. Mm-hmm. There's no different 
then the pitcher gives up a home run every time he goes out there. Mm-hmm. No, you can't put him out there. Mm-mm. You have to make a move. You have to let him off the roster, and you have to move on. As much as you like the guy, as much as you think he's a wonderful person, and he's just one pitch away, at this stage of the game, you can't take that chance. And well, that's, fu- that's just the way it goes with officiating, too. Leaks, I know, have to protect them because they do an important job. They do it in a necessary thing. However... When you have someone who is that bad at balls and strikes, he should not be behind the plate. You can put him on the corners. You can put him at second base. It doesn't, you know, he can be an infield umpire all the time, but he should never call balls and strikes. It's not good. Unfortunately, in baseball, I would say only 25 to 30% of the umpires are good at that. But if they are, Mm -hmm. have them do the majority of the games. Exactly. Exactly. Quit the rotation. I get why they do it, but it it's funny because I'm listening to the Indians game today. Um, by the way, the kids look really good, but uh, a second inning had just started and Hammy is back in that when Hammy's in C- midseason form, he's sarcastic and he starts going off on Andrew Hernandez. And I didn't really catch why he was going off and Rosie goes, Angel missed another one, and he said it's pretty sad when it's game one, inning two of spring training, and Angel Hernandez is already taken over a game by being Angel Hernandez. And then he told a story of the 1996 Grapefruit League opener when he said the Indians were playing the Braves in what was built up to be game seven of the 95 World Series continuation in the wilderness they call Winter Haven. He said, and Angel Hernandez, he said it was packed, 10,000 people. It was the most juiced atmosphere he's ever seen for spring training game. Then he looked down at his lineup card. He said, oh, Angel Hernandez is behind the plate. And I mean, this guy, is he's terrible. I mean, he- He's not the only one, but he is bad. And, oh, and this, is, this is the problem with baseball. Yes, the electronic strike zone is going to come. There's no way around it because of that. Uh, I'm not necessarily thrilled about that, but it it's really where we're headed. Unfortunate realities. And when you have umpires and officials become bigger part of the game than they should be, that's a problem. Major League Baseball has a lot of problems in it. And we can go on and on about that. I've said this many times. The owners and the players are not necessarily always on the same page. The owners against owners aren't always on the same page. And until the owners get their house in order, where they know that the Kansas Cities and the Clevelands and the Milwaukee can't compete, mm-hmm. at least on a, on a level field of fairness, then you're going to have it. I'm going to say something kind of political and controversial here. And I don't, the NFL and the NBA shows that socialism works in sports Mm -hmm. and capitalism that baseball is thrilled about and has used for many years does not work. No, for a sports league, you need, you need revenues that are comparable for every team to compete. Exactly. Not necessarily. You have to share a hundred percent the New York market when what they can get versus what Milwaukee or Cleveland or Arizona can get is not the same and it should not be counted. Miami and you just, you got to realize this. Owners get this issue under control in their mm-hmm. own house. 
baseball players are always going to be the same unit Mm -hmm. and they're always going to have their own beliefs and their own things and do what they're doing. And you're going to have, this really starts with the ownership. The ownership ever put their house in complete order. And the closest it ever came is when Bud Selig ran the place because he was a former owner and knew exactly how to help the game. Uh, Right now we have a commissioner who works for the owners and that's the problem, but that's never going to change. Let me ask you this. I I don't really follow the NHL, but outside of what I can infer as Los Angeles, New York, who are the major markets in hockey? You have like kind of a trifold type thing here. You have the East Coast, West Coast. You got like New York and L.A. And then you have yeah, yeah, Boston, Chicago. Okay, you have that the large markets like you always talk about. Yeah, and you have a system that allows the Pittsburghs and the Vegas and other teams to compete. Tampa Bay, right? Right, and you also have what really is the kind of the the hard luck issue is what you do with the Canadian team because the Canadian teams don't necessarily compete the same level for players that the the american teams winnipeg jets the the flames uh the the senators yeah well toronto's a bigger Mm -hmm. bigger market should do better than it does but i think there's an issue there i'm not i'm not like the nhl guru here to tell you exactly but i look at it they have three different type of tiers you have the canadian tiers you have the big market tiers and then you have the uh, the mid market team tier and however you have a system that allows uh the american teams to be maybe have a leg up over the canadian teams and that i think that's where they're having problems well that's probably one of the reasons why they've went to this format this year besides mm-hmm. covid is to put all the canadian teams against each other yeah all the west coast teams against each other the mid midwest against each other and the and the east against each other and uh try to uh really you know focus regionally on on each team and it's also COVID protection for less travel and that but we'll see I I I really can't say but I think more than anything you can say there's a difference between a Canadian team and an American team in the NHL which you don't really have in basketball there's only one Canadian team yeah only one Canadian team in baseball uh so different different issues but I think the ownership issue in baseball is about um Get, making sure the Indians, the Rays, the Bra- Royals, you know, yeah, they they have a legitimate opportunity to have a hundred million dollar uh, payroll uh, where didn't, they can compete instead of a fifty million dollar payroll. Didn't Vegas win or go to the Stanley Cup in their expansion year? Yes. Yeah, that's, they they got a great. Uh, that's never going to happen in Major League Baseball. Oh God, no! Oh, and it's impossible. That, it's impossible for no. that to happen in yeah. baseball putting right people in right positions and uh, having the right opportunities. Uh, you're never going to have that in basketball or, or, or football. football. I remember when the yeah. Browns came in, there was thought, Oh, we're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs the first year. I mean, no, you see the players that were available in the expansion draft. Did you oh boy. Yeah. And, and then you had an organization that was uh, not the best at drafting. They had great draft picks, but kind of blew it all. Uh, and, but, you know, that story of sports, opportunity exists. You have to seize the opportunity properly or you will meander in no man's land. The way it works, uh, 
across the board. I don't care what sport you're talking about. If you don't have good people running the organization, running the ship properly, you're never going to get off the ground. And you can talk about that at the collegiate level too. Uh, we could talk about the Penguins, both football and basketball and, and the tribulations that they've had the last 20 years mm-hmm. and, and basketball the last 45 years. And it, it's each division, each level of play has a chance to compete. I don't want to get solely on football, but uh, this is something we did not mention on the ice cash report. Did you see what happened yesterday on the sidelines with uh, Tim Johnson? I know they moved him to the booth. I know Phillips made the decision to move him to the booth in the second half. That was uh, that was the I best was hit sitting, of the game. And that's uh, I was sitting by one of the players, and he turned to me and he goes, "Holy crap! You see Coach Johnson?" And I said, "Yeah, I saw that." Let me tell you this: that's nothing new for him. I said he made many hits the goal line to win his football games, man. I said I can remember a couple plays he made in the semifinals that. For bone cracking. Well, you know what? He didn't give an inch. He lowered no, his he shoulder. A little, he lowered his shoulder just a little bit. Uh, you can see in the replay. And he didn't move an inch. And you know, the player went he, down. He doesn't have to get out of the way, though, by rule, no, right? No, no. He did nothing wrong. I mean, no. you could say, you can make an argument, and I'm not going to disagree with it. Did he lower his shoulder a little bit? Yeah. But that's probably instinct, too. But uh, he didn't. he didn't move an inch. Uh, the player went down like a rock. Uh, that was yeah. the best hit in the game. I hate saying that, but it was. It was well, I tell you what, a Christian Turner made a nice stick on special teams yeah. to wrap up. But being, you're right. But you're I'm, right. That yeah. was a hell of a hit. That was <laughs> when he did that. That brought back shades in the nineties. And uh, I remember Tim Johnson following the player, and uh, he was a hell of a linebacker. That's exactly what it was. I mean, he's a football player. Obviously, he's a football coach. Uh, if anything, that should make a a splash with the players. Yeah, I should fire up the guys like, hey, Mike, yeah. You know, I, I'm sure it's being talked about all week. Oh, that's gone viral. All these kids now on their Twitters oh, and all that. Yeah, about, yeah, that's on TikTok or whatever the heck they do uh, today and Twitter and everything else. I have no problem with it. He was on the sideline. He didn't give an inch. He didn't go down. They say defend Youngstown. He's going to defend every little blade of that synthetic turf, Youngstown. You know, I'm not sure why they moved him upstairs. If not, uh, that's Coach Phillips' question, not mine. He's uh, got bigger worries than Tim Johnson. Shorter check and a receiver out of bounds. He never, he didn't give an inch. That's all I yeah, gotta he say. Didn't. He just stood I there. Looked, our offense he was just, that he way. just stood there and looked down at the guy like, "I was like, get off. Your fault. You ran into me. Yeah, exactly. Next, you know, hey, you gotta love the. No, it was funny to laugh about. Yeah. When you stink, you got to find something to laugh about. Let's hope for the See, best. I tell you what, when you texted me yesterday after the game, it's probably a good thing we did not record because I, I needed to get away. I was, yeah, it was just like, I don't know. I mean, maybe I was stupid and maybe I was homerish, but when I sat down in my seat yesterday, I fully expected to win the football game. I was convinced we were going to win the football game. I was convinced that we could compete. I thought the week before we showed that if you make a few more plays, open yeah. up the offense, uh, do a few things, bring out a couple of things they haven't shown yet. Yeah. yeah. We could compete in this game. And who knows in the second half, what may happen? Uh, like I said, in, in our previous podcast, it was, it was regression and that's frustrating. Um, well, 
I hate being so negative about the Penguins. Uh, we'll just see what happens week three. And, you know, I'll have a better, better I'll have, church, I'll my have, friend. you know, I'll have a better thought process at the end of this eight weeks, what we see and how, what I hope to see this spring, this fall. But if we see what we're seeing now, a continuation of the next season. Oh God. He can't stay. He has to go. No. Yeah. And much as, as much as he's part of the community, you know, so is Pelini. So is Wolford. The last three coaches all had connections to Youngstown. Yep. Even Haycock had a connection. Yeah. So he's here's the yeah. right. So it's not like we haven't stayed local for all our coaches. All I'm going to say is when you look at the end, only Pelini had a winning record and only Pelini took us to the playoffs. Now, Haycock I know the last two years. That was one year and that was. Yeah, but you're right. Haycock you're right. took it us was... one time. You're right. Haycock took us one time. Um, but my point is, those are too few. And yeah. you know, I I know there's a desire to have localism with YSU. But sooner or later, you got to go out and Jim get. Trestle somebody. was not local. No, he became a member of our community, community because, because he, he was so successful and won, and then he returned as the president of the university and to oversee the university's growth, which is a wonderful story. And I take nothing away from his success everywhere he's been, you know, at the university of Akron as a, as an assistant, as a, you know, at Ohio state, as a head coach uh, at Youngstown state as president. I mean, the man has had a very unique life and uh, a very good success line and deserves Do you, what he has. However, do you, when I look, let me finish. However, when I look at the totality of the last 20 years of the YSU program, we have gone out of our way to stay local. And I'm wondering right now, if we're making a mistake doing that and not having a national search for head coaches. Now, if Bo Pelini never left, I would still be 100% behind Bo Pelini. I'm a Bo Pelini fan. Mm-hmm. I believe in the guy. I know he had a tough last two years at Youngstown State, uh, but we also seen him take us to the championship, uh, you know, fall short. But we've seen potential at times. And I think he was, you know, he was Bo. Simple as that. I have no problem with that. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what Doug Phillips can do. And and I don't want to I don't want to blow it up after week two, but I say no, this, no, 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 I, no, I, no. And I want to say this again and again and again. Uh, first impressions leaves laughing, lasting impressions, and his first impression is terrible. Let me ask you this, um, and I am in no way because it's a very difficult job. Being an athletic director is a very difficult job, especially at a school like Youngstown State, but we've seen Strollo's ability to hire coaches non-football and be very successful. Gorby with the cross country and all that. You have John Barnes. He went national. He plucked him away from Wisconsin Green Bay in your conference. He's been successful. Bob Bolden is going to be a a big-time coach here soon at a major conference school. Uh, Jared Calhoun is a non-local guy. Do you think he has a a sort of like 
he has to hire local being he played here and he has to keep the, those local boys happy with hiring the local guys. I don't because know. Of, I don't know. I, mean, I know what you're saying. It, I, I'm yeah, saying, I, I I'm don't saying, know how to phrase it properly, but, but I know what you're saying and I get it. And I'm going to say the same thing. We can do the check marks. Haycock didn't last. Wolford mm-hmm. didn't last. Pelini left, you know, had some success was, probably headed towards a tough year this year again. Uh, I can't, you know, now we're into Phillips. All of them have local connections. You can, you can draw your own conclusions now. I mean, this is not. No, this is. Yeah, this is not a, uh, you know, there's a, there's a big enough. There's, there's a big enough. Yeah, sample size. Thank you. There's a big enough sample size to draw your own conclusions. And like I said, I don't want to blow up Doug Phillips after two weeks. I'm just saying he has not made a good first impression. I'll give him, and I said after last week's IceCast report, and I keep saying it, I will not make any judgments until after the fall season. I'm not going to make any judgments on who should stay or who should go after the fall season um, because that not only gives you eight games of film to work with eight games evaluation. Um, he wants to find a quarterback. He's not, he said he doesn't want to play two quarterbacks every game. Um, that gives him his own full recruiting class coming into the fall. Um, and who knows, we could be looking at a totally different quarterback starting September 2nd in uh, a Demiatra Crenshaw. We don't know. But right now, Tim, you're right. After two games, this program is more lifeless than it was in under Bo. And well, absolutely. No you're right. We were heading towards a bad year under Polini too, probably. Um, but I don't know if we would have been this bad. Defensively, we're better. I don't want to make it all doom and gloom because defensively, we're a better football team. We're allowing 130 yards through the air. That's yes. incredible. Well, exactly. That's really good. With you know, with three freshmen starting back there, um, but you're right, Tim. It's just our good friend Matt, who uh, t- does football with us, mm-hmm. is very honest about his opinions and stuff like that. Has said many times that football is three phases: it's offense, defense, and special teams. And right now, the the Penguins are really only firing on one cylinder of those three, and that's defense. Well, offense is not firing, and special team is sputtering. Either. Yeah, special well, teams what, is sputtering. Here's what concerned me yesterday is he said, you know, in his press conferences, I'm more game management, time, all of this, and the timeout he used late in the second quarter almost came back to backfire and a guy above me said, oh, God, not another bad coach who can't use timeouts properly. Now, thankfully, Jackie Beck made a hell of a pick. But I don't want to get too much into football because I don't want to take away from the ice cast report. Um, but with not much going on right now, um, it, it just. Yeah, it is what it is. I know what you're, I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. Uh, I, we did kind of hash this out earlier this week. I will say this, like, and this is really what 
concerns me the most is I don't believe he's made a good first impression on the on the community. I know he's up against a difficult situation in the Mahoney Valley Football, excuse me, in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And he does have a lot of freshmen. He does have some inexperienced situation. He has injuries to deal with. However, this doesn't this, these are things that every has to deal with. And what's most important here is understanding where you want to go from here. Well, the thing and that that's risked, to me what I want to see. The thing that he risks here, Tim, is look, we know we're going to struggle. That's already laid out. But if he goes through this eight game spring season with a lifeless offense that is so afraid to throw the ball past five yards, he's going to risk no recruits want to come here on offense. I mean, they're going to look so far the other way that it's just going to, I mean, you're going to have. Kids that transfer out because they don't want to play in a phone booth. And right now you're playing in a rotary, anything exciting. And no recruits are going to want to come here to play. Well, like I said, first impressions leaves a lasting impression. And that's what he has to deal with. This is the hand he's dealt with. This is the hand he's played. It's not all what he's been dealt with. It's what the hand he chooses to play. So let's just... Like you said, take it one step at a time, see where it leads. But I'll go back to my statement. I've said it a thousand times already. He has not made a good first impression. What? And, and we'll go from there. Let's, like I say, kind of wipe the, the slate clean. Let's see what he does in week three and move forward. I mean, I don't know what else to say about the Bengals. They are who they are right now. They're 0-2 with an offense that can't move the ball. Yeah, I'll say this. It's uh... – I think we're pretty fair and by and you know we try not to be really biased when we do the ice cash report and talk about our penguins. Um, but uh, I'd say a lot. I don't think I've ever seen you um, so disheartened after two games, and I can fully understand it. It's frustrating. I mean, we knew we were going to struggle, but I thought we were struggling more on the defensive side than the offensive side. Yeah, and. Maybe it's time to go look at Pearson and what he did with Mark Wade and Gerard and say, you know what? If we got to run and go completely out of the Youngstown norm of smash mouth power football and go, you know, Joe Tiller, Purdue, air raid, dink and duck offense, then damn it, so be it. And let's throw the ball 40 times a game. Mark Wade can do it. He took his team to the brink of a state championship, for God, with that well, kind of offense. You know, I said it last week during the, the Penguin show, or our Ice Castle report. This team misses Shane Montgomery, an offensive coach. I never thought I'd say that, but we do. Yeah. Well, it's easy to get complacent when someone does so well for so long and actually, in my opinion, outperforms his value. Uh, I think at times he got the most out of players that we didn't really think he can get that much out of. And in the process, we put high expectation on every player to perform even more. And it is at this level difficult to always do that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, Shane Montgomery was an offensive guy who knew what he wanted and the type of players he needed to be successful. And like him or not, he always had a quarterback that was successful. Yes, and, did. you know, yeah, they were, they all had limitations at times 
and you have to deal with that. However, you also can be successful, and he was. And and then that's a credit to both Wolford and Bellini, who both mm-hmm. had them both. You know, he chose to move on, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. And congratulations. However, since this situation has occurred, the offense has gone in a tailspin. And now that we had a change in coaching staff completely, it has really fallen off the edge. And now we have to rebuild it. And it's up to Coach Phillips and his coaching staff to figure out how to go forward from here. I don't, you know, I'm going to compare him to the other YSU teams of the past. I'm not going to compare him to every team they play because, quite honestly, they're light years ahead of them. So we're just going to take it one step at a time and see if this week they come in with a game plan, an offensive design, an identity of what they want to do. Uh, that's the bottom line. I'd you rather have to, lose. You have to choose what type of football team you are and – it's up to them to figure that out. Otherwise, it's just it's like watching the Cleveland Browns five years ago. We know damn well they can't do a damn thing. I'd rather lose 45 to 21, 45 24 than lose 24 nothing, Tim. Honest to God. Show bad me football's bad football. Exactly. Bad football's bad football, Anthony. Uh, but you definitely want to be entertained too. And let's face it, football's about the offense. And Right, yes, yeah. defense wins championships. Special teams make plays to Tim, win you ball games. But offense is what people puts puts butts in the seats. Simple as if that. If I told you, if I told you two months ago, we're going to hold North Dakota State to twenty five and Northern Iowa to twenty one, and both of those teams would complete less than or fifty percent of their passes for no passing touchdowns. You would tell me we're at least going to be one and one, right? I would hope, or I would say you lost two heartbreakers in you know typical YSU fashion late in a ball yeah. game, uh, and that's usually what has happened. You know, you would lose a game, let's say 25-21 yeah. or or twenty one sixteen seventeen type score, uh, or twenty one nineteen. You know, so where they they got the last score at the last moment, but you know what, a loss is a loss. But how you lose does matter. Uh, you want to be competitive, and right now they're not. We're going in circles here, Anthony, about them. Much as I love yeah. them, we'll see what happens. You know, we got week three. We'll see what happens. I Like I said, I'm going to say it again and again and again, and this is what I think needs to be hammered home, is every coach has an opportunity to make a first impression on not just his team, but his community. Doug Phillips failed to make a first impression. That's all I can say about the first two weeks of the season. Now you said it, you said it best there. And he sums it up pretty damn good. Well, let's talk a little basketball. I'll just give you a quick update here, but we'll probably get out of here because there's really not much to talk about. Uh, I have two basketball games. Uh, by the time you get this, uh, I will be in Nishanik, uh covering uh, the girls' basketball team. Uh, for Trip Live with my old football partner, Lee Moan. So I get to team up with Lee again for the first time in about four years. So that'll be exciting to uh, see one of my former uh, broadcast partners. And I uh, already talked to him briefly on text. It'll be uh, a great day. Uh, as he put it, we're back. And I laughed yeah. and I said, I don't know if that's good or bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
It'll, it, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a lot of fun to uh, work with Lee. He's he's truly uh, one of the great guys that I've uh, I've met over the years. And then on Wednesday, 6 p.m. on uh, again through face, Facebook Live, I believe, uh, definitely on the Trib Live uh, for and you'll have uh, James and I bringing you the game uh, when the Newcastle uh, boys uh, go to work on their first game of the WPIL uh, championship. So uh, the tournaments have begun. Uh, it's going to be a busy March and uh, hopefully I will be uh, jam packed with opportunities and we'll go forward from there. And I'm, I'm excited. Basketball season hitting its peak. Uh, a lot of, a lot going on. I'm going to say this again, my magpies. Oh, Love them, watch them live. I even pulled out the projector last night, Anthony. Did you? Yes, I put it in my room uh, and watched them on, on, on the big screen. Uh, I tell you what, that uh, they're scoring in that game, in that game of football. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they kick goals too, man. Six really? Points. They can make, yeah, yeah. They can make fun. chip shots. They, they scored six times on goal, six pointers. Six times on six pointers. I'm about to cross midfield six times. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they're playing fantastic. They are actually now on top of the ladder, leading the standings, uh, to use an American term. Uh, and they're 5-0. and oh, And man, I, I did not see this coming. I thought they'd be competitive this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's an eight-week uh, regular season before the finals begin, which is the playoffs, if you're not sure. I, I'm going to have to reach out to Gemma uh, this week and try to, to schedule her this week or next week to uh, come on and talk about the uh, regular season as we head towards the uh, the run for the finals. Uh, the top six teams make it. Top two teams get buys. Uh, and then we uh, th- they just play it off from there. So, But the Magpies are 5-0, and oh, and uh, I'm uh, – I'm just enjoying the perch. There you go. There you go. Because right now that's your saving grace. Hey, why not? Uh, Fremantle, who is a, a phenomenal. The Frio is uh, the Dockers are a great team, and they fell last week. So uh, shocking. I, a little, little, little thing for you. Uh, I, every, I always get in these uh, competitions over there. Uh, they mm-hmm. have. Uh, a pickup, you know, you pick your games. Mm-hmm. They call it yeah. tipping, or they call it tipping in Australia. And uh, I entered a one on a podcast called How Goods Footies, which is a lot of fun. They're great guys. If you want to listen to a footy podcast, I recommend it highly. I've said that many times before. I'm going to have to reach out to one of them and have them come on and just uh, f bomb away. But it'll be fun uh, as they uh, they they're they're truly uh, a lot of fun to listen to. And the other one is through Siren Sport, which, of course, Gemma is mm-hmm. part of. Yeah. She writes for. And I was sitting number six overall last week. Wow, there eight, you go. The, yeah. 121 entered the, the competition. I was sitting at six. Uh, I had I like I took wow. at least two losses this week. So we'll see where I, I end up. I'll have to update us next week. But, yeah, I might finish top ten, an outsider, you know, from America. How about that? Let's, you know, you know, speaking of that, how about you and I, uh, off the air, uh, let's pick the Missouri Valley Football Conference games. Ooh, all right. We'll do that. We'll, we'll, and we'll uh, do that as some fun, and you know. We'll, and, and, and we'll post it on our Facebook page. How's that? Yeah, we'll post it on our Facebook page, and um, we'll see how bad or good we do. And 
you know, it's going to be a small sample size because there's not many games. But, yeah, look, let's have some fun. Yep. Uh, hey, I will uh, probably pull out my Magpie uh, mug tomorrow morning. So there if you, you want to join me on Twitter for the Royale every morning for your first cup of coffee, uh, courtesy of uh, Brian Koppelman of Billions. Been doing it since uh, lockdown this time last year. So uh, come join us for our first uh, cup of the day. Share it across uh, the Twitterverse and come join us. There the Royal. Go. Hashtag the Royal. All right. Uh, Anthony, anything else you want to talk about here tonight? Uh, no, just. Uh, we just the, got more off our, our chest. It was, That's all we did. It was, it was nice. It was nice to turn on the radio today and hear Tom Hamilton's voice. Yes, it was. We are, we are a month away officially tomorrow. So when's the next broadcast? The, uh, the next radio, uh, the next radio broadcast is tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Okay. It is tomorrow. I don't, I don't know if it's, you know, they do these, you know, the online broadcasts only or, um, right. Uh, the app. Yeah. Yeah. I believe I if you download the major league baseball TV app, uh, you can get it during the season for free. You have to pay money now for it. Do you? I tried today. Yep. Okay. I tried today. All right. Um, in the past, me, they used to give the preseason free. Yeah. I did that last year. Actually, I did that at work last year a lot. I, uh, listened to a lot of spring training games last year where let me pull up. Hold on. Give my great iPhone here. It used to be on tune in. Tomorrow's app. game is on WTAM 1100 at 305. All right. So late afternoon game, kind of like the Reds. Right. The Reds on Thursday, about 315. So on Peacock. If and you then watch there it. are five, five STO broadcasts this year in the middle of March. St. Hey, and you ready for this? St. Patrick's Day is on STO at 910. Oh, beautiful. Late night try. Why not? You ain't going to go. So. You're not going out anywhere. So, <laughs> no. Why not stay home and watch the uh, tribe? Yeah. Uh, why not? It sounds good. Maybe they'll actually pull out something unique, like, uh, you, know, you know what I'll be doing? Some Irish hats or something for the. I think they usually do wear green hats on that day or green uniforms. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think they usually wore the green hats in the past. I don't know if they will or not this year. Who knows? Did the last year with the with the uh, the yeah. Indian thing. So it's, we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. All right. As I like to tell everybody, if you're listening to this podcast this far, thank you very much. Remember to tell your family, friends, and enemies about Radio MVP. Give us a five star rating on any download application that you use to listen. to this podcast. For Anthony and Campbell, I'm Tim and Borman. Wishing you all a wonderful good day, everyone. <laughs>